This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, a weekly show that brings you the latest news, views and opinions from every corner of the EV industry. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel, so whether it be cars, bikes, boats or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. In this episode, I'm joined by Ben Hugh of Turkish electronics brand Vestel. Having previously worked as an EV guru at the EV Experience Centre in Milton Keynes, Ben is now the EVC Business Development Manager at Vestel UK, and he joins us today to talk about the different EV charging products that Vestel has to offer, including two new affordable EV charging units for the UK market. Ben, welcome to the podcast, first of all, and uh, yes, it's great to have you chatting with us today. Now, we'll come on to Vestel and and everything um, they do in a minute, but we obviously know each other back from the EV Experience Centre days and now you have moved on to Vestel. So can you just talk to us about your journey so far from the EV Experience Centre to to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, back in the day, I was working uh, as a sort of retail experience rep. My, my job was to go around to lots of retail stores and advise them on how best to sell products and stuff. Uh, it's really awesome being involved in, you know, consumer electronics like that for, for many, many years. Um, but I'd always been interested in, in electric vehicles way, way back. Um, I think I've got a picture of me and Robert Llewellyn picking up his Mitsubishi iMeve in Birmingham. Um, I think it's that's 2009, I believe. And actually just before the electric vehicle experience and it closed, Robert came in to film an episode and we actually got a picture it's standing sort of next to each other in the same way and uh it's quite interesting how we've aged uh since 2009 it feels not long ago but it's actually quite quite long ago so yeah my interest in, in electric vehicles is, is is way 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 back but i'd never actually worked in the industry uh i'd applied for various companies but you know i'd always taken a different route uh in in through consumer electronics and, and things like that and so uh when i had the sort of opportunity i i didn't have a job um to go to work for uh, the electric vehicle experience center um that was really such an awesome opportunity um it was definitely something completely different it was retail but you weren't selling anything um you were just selling the idea of electric vehicles and that's something that i've been just in my own time doing uh, with with many people for, for years basically even though i hadn't got an ev myself and i think back when i when i started uh, the the range of vehicles available uh, when I joined the, the EV Experience Centre was sort of like the forty uh, kilowatt hour BMW i3 had only just come out, so you know cars like the e Nero were were just on the verge of coming out. So affordable long range electric cars were only just on the cusp of, of being available. Like the Model Three was wasn't even available um, back then, which has obviously uh, changed a lot of people's minds. So uh, it was the early days for sure, and it's amazing to see how the industry's progressed. But yeah, I think the first electric vehicle I drove was uh, Renault Kangoo uh, ZE in 2013, and that was 
that was a riot. Yeah, that was that's a lot of fun. But um, I have now switched to electric and I've been driving two uh, EVs now for the last sort of four years. So probably done over a hundred thousand miles in in them combined. I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it, I, I always remember coming down to the EV Experience Centre. It was sort of in my first couple of weeks of, of working at EV Powered, really, and I, I knew a fair bit about electric vehicles. But that it, that centre and that whole place and all the different EV gurus you had there it was a it was a real good hub, wasn't it, to go and, and learn about electric vehicles. And if if you needed a crash course on EVs, that's exactly the place you needed to go, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was, and we we had to know our audience as well because i think when we all uh would talk it would it was like you know a bunch of geeks and and we would get people who really knew their stuff and they would come in and they want even more advice they wanted that higher level and we was able to do that but yeah amongst each other it was like you know a whole gang of people who really loved electric vehicles they knew so much about it and when people were coming off the street it was then tailoring the language to someone who's who's never heard of an EV before has no idea of what they can do so addressing the myths explaining the concepts um explaining um charging range uh all these sort of things in, in a way that someone who's just walking down the shopping mall in Milton Keynes you know they're gone, gone to boots to get their meal deal and now they're like Oh, what's this place? Uh, you know, what's what's this? This is an electric car. How does that work? And you're sort of explaining to the the everyman and the every person um, what an electric vehicle is and 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 how you can get one and how it can benefit your life. And of course, we've had to adjust as as time went by. You know, suddenly electricity wasn't necessarily super cheap anymore. Suddenly uh the vehicles uh we had all sorts of different vehicles from cheap ones to expensive ones to short range to long range um there was a, just an explosion we were there right on the cusp when that happened so it was a absolutely fantastic place uh, you know unfortunately probably gone too soon but you know our five years maybe we were a bit early to to the market we should have maybe started uh two years ago and 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 had another three years to go because i think uh, we'd be busier than ever at the moment yeah. Yeah. You started for in that sort of that early adopter or the sort of early stages of the mainstream EV industry. And then, like you said, it, it finished um, not too long ago. So in that period, over that five year period, how did you see attitudes to electric vehicles change? Because in, in, in that sort of time frame, the, the EV industry grew massively, didn't it? So how do, obviously, like you said, you're based in a, a massive shopping mall in, in Milton Keynes and you're encountering different people on a daily basis. So what was how did the general consensus towards electric vehicles change over that period? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't there right at the very start, but from even when I started and talking to the people who had been there from the very start, there was a lot of shouting and negativity at the start a lot of uh you know people saying unkind words about the center and about evs and stuff right at the very start and that changed i think two and a half three years in that changed to curiosity it there was a curiosity there was a lot of people coming in saying i i really want one of these i don't know too much about them can you help me uh so it, it was i think fear and and uh <laughs> in the beginning uh fear turned to, to curiosity which then turned to desire for a lot of the people walking past and and it and it went from people yelling you know these cars suck to i really want one of those uh it, and i think the cars 
also helped as well. I mean, you know, the cars in the beginning, I mean, I'm a, I'm a first gen Nissan Leaf owner, you know, I, I like the way it looks, but a lot of people don't. And they, and it's a bit weird. And, you know, when we had the showroom at the start, we had the first gen Leaf and we had the Renault Zoe and we had awkward looking vehicles, which, you know, I like awkward vehicles, but, but most people don't, they want sexy vehicles. And so when, especially near the end, when our showroom was, was filled with, you know, Audis, you know, really cool VWs, uh, you know, uh, cutting edge sort of vehicles, people were, were, they had a desire for the vehicle. It, it, it had very little to do with the powertrain. So I think that's where manufacturers have been getting it right. And, and actually the powertrain kind of makes it acceptable these days you know if i'm looking to buy a new car why would i buy a, a petrol or diesel car um i wouldn't so tick the box the car is electric great that's the first thing okay now help me decide which vehicle um should i buy based on its practicality based on the technology that's on board based on the range and it and it, it sort of started as a myth busting um exercise and it turned into almost car sales at the very end. It was like, I had to know about the different trim levels and what the sat nav can do and all this sort of stuff, like speed of charging and range was actually lower down on the list than what color does the car come in um, for, for a lot of people who came in the center, which is amazing, amazing that that, that got to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And now obviously the, the EV experience center is no more, but you've sort of landed in this new role with Vestel. So could you just talk to us about Vestel as a company, who they are, what they do, and also your role within the company and uh, everything that entails? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Vestel um, are a Turkish based uh, electronics manufacturer. Uh, they've been around for, for 20 plus years. And uh, they are sort of more commonly known for making uh, displays, TV uh, displays and also white goods uh, in fact one in every three displays sold in Europe is is manufactured by Vestel at their factory in Turkey um, also white goods uh, fridges microwaves ovens dishwashers you name it we can manufacture all that and we have uh, one of the largest electronics manufacturing facilities uh, in Europe um, and ship all over the world um, why they've come to EV charging and manufacturing EV charging, which we've started doing in the last couple of years, uh, is if you look at the industry, we, we are on the cusp of EV coming from early adopters like myself to the mainstream. And if you think about things like, for instance, flat screen TVs and dishwashers and things like that, you know, uh, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, it's not something that everybody had necessarily, but now everybody's got the these goods and that's what Vestel are good at. They see when um a technology is becoming mainstream and then they refine that to make it affordable and reliable and to manufacture it on a scale way bigger than what was possible beforehand so yeah as we transition from early adopter to the mainstream person having an ev charger uh, we, we now have that manufacturing capacity to keep up with that demand uh, and that's what Vestel are good at yeah, the factories are absolutely huge. And, and we do, uh, I'd say majority of the components are manufactured in-house. There's only a few special little bits that we have to actually source elsewhere. Yeah. And the, one of the, the big key words out, out of all of that is that the fact you're trying to make these chargers affordable. And I noticed that 
Um, I think it was earlier this month or, or last month, towards the back end of last month, that Vestel announced uh, two new charges for the UK market. So I was just wondering if you could give us a bit of an overview of those two products, some of the USPs of them, and, and yeah, just what sets them apart from everything else out there on the market at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose our, our biggest thing, and, and why you may not have heard our name about at the moment, especially with our TVs and white goods, is that we do this thing called white labelling, where a brand will will manufacture for that brand, the brand that, that everybody knows for TVs and, and white goods um, will we'll put their logo on it. It is effectively their product, but, but we manufacture it. And we do the same for EV charging. So we've been really successful um, in, in the UK and also uh, Germany and places like that where other brands have, have slapped their logo on it because they're, that's not their, their key business. Their key business is customer relations, is finance and things like that. They're not going to suddenly develop an R&D team and a factory like what we already have. So uh, they, they slap their logo on our products. So in, in terms of uh, the three main AC products that we have, we have the box that uh, people may have seen and not realized it's us which is the evco4 which is the uh, sort of black circular semicircular one uh, with the uh, it's got a circle uh, led light which is really quite nice um, some companies have been using those as public charges and with that great big uh, led there's no disputing whether or not that charger is available or if it's if it's occupied and going down the street you you know that that's an ev charger because it is lit up like a christmas tree which is fantastic uh, and it's got all the information on there the two new products that we're, we're bringing to market uh, on top of that um that model which is a domestic and public charger is the evc01 which is a very compact everybody wants uh compact charges these days uh, nobody wants a giant box on the side of the house necessarily uh, but it's a very compact very simple um tethered domestic charger for, for your home and again that's that's open to having a custom front on it so our partners who who might want to sell that as their own brand they'll come and make their own custom uh, enclosure with their own branding their own colors on that but the the o1 yeah really small compact it's got all the latest stuff that you need uh, for the government requirements, obviously that's the, the big thing at the moment. The government keeps changing their mind about um, home charges and, and then implementing new rules. So smart charging, cybersecurity, obviously pen fault protection, all these safety things that we, we need and, and require, uh, it will be launching with all of that integrated. And finally, we actually have a dual socket charger uh, coming to market called the EVC 10. Now, dual socket's not, not a huge market, um, but there is definitely, if you think about public and workplace charging, this desire that from a single connection, um, you could power multiple vehicles uh, and splitting that power to get the most bang for your buck in terms of connection. Um, you know, most office blocks and car parks have a limited power supply. Uh, we're able to take uh, with the EVC 10, a single 22 kilowatt feed uh, and power two vehicles at 11 kilowatt which you know most um premium electric vehicles uh, can only take 11 kilowatt anyway uh, so you're maximizing your charging ability for how much people are investing in the hardware uh, not only uh, the installation costs as well um, and the, the evc 10 and all of our uh, charges have rfid as well so i know there's a lot of talk now with ev going mainstream how do we make this secure and also how do we integrate it with public charging 
um, the RFID card is uh, reader is built into every single uh, Vestel charger. Uh, so that, that makes that really configurable. And of course, all of our chargers are OCPP compliant, um, which is what a lot of, again, our white label customers do rather than relying on our own app, which we do offer. They actually just log in their credentials and they offer their app, which offers their unique features and their customer backend. And so, yeah, you, you'll see Vestel chargers on, on the street uh, running uh, a backend for a public charger. You'll see it on someone's house. Uh, maybe running our own app or running um, their their uh, whoever they've chosen to install the charges app. Um, it's it's a real blank canvas for a lot of people to to do what they they like with it. But yeah, that's the uh, so like I say, the four is is that single socket uh, model um, for that's a kind of jack of all trades model. It can be configured in so many different ways, um, and that's what we really like. It, when companies come to us, we say, what do you need? Because we're not going to charge you for anything that you don't need. There's no point in manufacturing something and 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 costing you money uh, when you only desire this one product um, with these specifications. And that's what's really great. We can pass that saving on to the customer um, by, by not necessarily making the world's fanciest charger, but making exactly the charger that they want. Yeah, exactly. So just across the, the different portfolio then and all the different products that you offer, I've, I noticed that you've obviously got public charging um, offerings and there's also domestic and business use applications as well. But do, is there a is there an, a, an area of EV charging that Vestel seems to target most or that you're most popular for? Is it is it the public charging side of things? Is it domestic charges or is it that business and fleet side of things or or is it a fairly even split between all three? I'd say it's it's a fairly even split, although um, probably less on, on the public charging side. Although recently there is a, a big um, CPO who, who has been installing our charges publicly. So I think as their rollout continues, the uh, fluctuation in where our units are distributed is, is going to probably start leaning more towards public charging and fleet as well. Um, I, I suppose the the it depends on the country as well. So definitely Germany, most of our charges are installed domestically in, in people's homes because um, they meet all the requirements for, for a German house. Um, in the UK, it is really a, a really uh, mixed bag. Uh, but generally, I think domestic is 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 going to be the way forward. And I think, although as an EV driver, I think my biggest goal, and if, if, if I can push anything, is to get more destination charging get more ac charging in this this country there's so much investment in dc and we do offer dc charging um it's just that the the thing with dc is that you're often stopping maybe when you didn't want to for maybe longer than you wanted to uh on a on a longer journey whereas especially with the range increasing on electric vehicles nowadays to sort of 250 300 miles most journeys aren't going to be much longer than that. So if the destination that you're going to, be it um, an office, a hotel, a leisure center, a convention center, I'm just thinking about journeys I've got planned in the next couple of weeks, um, it would be fantastic if there was destination EV charging there because I wouldn't have to stop for an additional hour on, on my journey up using a rapid charge. Yeah, it's it's time that I get to check emails, drink a coffee, maybe eat some food. But if, if I didn't have to plan a stop and I knew that at my destination there was going to be more AC charging, and that's where I think that 
if we can make the charges for public charging, AC public charging, just a little bit more affordable, um, we could start seeing, and, and, and it's a big desire of mine to start seeing destination charging in every single car park that that, that we um, that we have in, in the UK. Uh, so yeah, I would I would love to see our split more towards public charging than domestic charging. But but let's face it, there's a lot of driveways in this country, so I think that is going to be the number one source of charging. I think for for most people who are lucky enough to have a driveway. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about the sort of landscape of EV charging, especially considering you are you you have been an EV driver for a few years now, and and your background at the EV Experience Centre. So I suppose you have quite a, a unique perspective in, in your role at Vestel of of knowing what what people want from chargers, where they need to be. So that that must be quite handy for the role you're in and 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 the industry you're working in now, especially with a company that. Okay, they've they've probably got good experience in um, consumer electronics, but they're they're relatively new to the EV charging side of things. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've uh, been able to bring sort of my expertise in um, the market to to the company to say, hey, um, this is what we need, um, and and they've addressed that. So of course, the UK has got its own. Um, you know issues as well so for instance uh we we really like um and I, I was listening to one of your shows yesterday and they're talking about payment and things like that for public charging like we really like contactless charging here in the uk and that's our form of roaming we don't really do roaming like they do in europe with rfids and things like that and our charges are already all geared up for rfid roaming like they do in europe but not necessarily geared up um at the moment at least for for contactless i don't know many ac charges that are fully geared up for public contactless charging so that's something you know i'm looking at locally um in terms of working with a couple of third parties uh to come up with solutions that when the day happens that we as consumers and the government says we have to have contactless payment for charging uh, we don't just throw our hands in the air and say oh we can't do that um, that we say actually we're already working with this company and then they can provide that solution we're not in the market of making contactless readers or running banking services that's the client can take care of that the the back-end client can, can take care of that but we want to make sure that our hardware is going to work with that um, going forwards there's also things with regards to looks and aesthetics and what sort of charges do, do we um, manufacture so for instance uh, tethered uh public charges in europe you do see them they, they are around in the uk they're a really rare breed and and for workplace and public charging you'll never see a tethered charger so we we know to maybe not focus on that to not manufacture that uh, to not even consider it and just basically taking what um, me and my colleagues know about the uk charging market and saying what it is that we we need to make this product uh, work in the UK and, it, and it's fantastic that our factory and R&D team uh, have seen all the requirements that the government are putting in place on charges and saying oh no uh, we don't want to deal with that like a lot of uh, European manufacturers are doing they're saying oh we, we can't we can't do that we don't need to do that We've, we're still selling loads of charges in Europe where they don't make us do all this stuff so we'll just ignore the UK um, so we're, we're uh, and then that leaves the companies that are left in the UK just, you know, uh, battling it out, maybe putting prices up and, and things like that because they can. Uh, we go, let's work it out. We've got the R&D team. Let's manufacture 
products that are hardware and software compliant for the UK uh, to make sure that uh, we, we, we are, uh, you know, we're still here because we don't want to leave this market. Um, we're, we're set to, like our TVs and white goods, we're set to stay um, from now on with our product. So we'll constantly take that, that learning from the market and seeing how we can make a better product for, uh, for what people want, really. Yeah. So how important is the, the UK market to Vestel then? Obviously, it's a, it's a Turkish company, but it's got uh, a massive presence all across Europe. I know you've spoken about um, how big the, the company and all its products are in Germany. So is the from Vestel's point of view, is the, the UK market growing and is it quite high up on the, the priority list of markets you're, you're trying to target? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely our aim to grow. Um, in terms of uh, our white label partners, they're seeing really good success. So, so they're growing and, and in terms that means they 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 order more more product from us. But what we're looking to do, Vestel as a brand doesn't really exist outside of Turkey. If you go to Turkey, if you if you buy a washing machine or a TV, it will have Vestel's logo on it. Outside of Turkey, you will see other brands that you'll be familiar with. Um, surprised actually what sort of brands are manufactured by by Vestel. Um in with, with charging we see that there is this still this uh early market where a fresh brand because let's face it a lot of people won't know who we are um you know even though we've sponsored football teams and all sorts around the world um they uh they won't know who we are and it doesn't necessarily matter because i think most people who are buying an ev charger aren't this that they don't know of a particular brand obviously that's because we are still in the early days. They might see a brand that they know from maybe a fuel company that have, have sat their, their logo on a product or, or something like that. But in general, they don't have any um, prefixes, don't have any thoughts in their head. Oh, if I want to buy a TV, I know that these brands are very good uh, or a washing machine. They don't have any concept of that for, for EV charging. Um, so we are saying, well, we've got this fantastic brand uh that that is well known for their manufacturing capability let's uh market that directly to the uk and say that when people think of vestel um in the uk they think of ev charging um they think of uh business uh displays and, and interactive tv displays and they uh, think of our ability to uh, manufacture a lot of the products that you might know and use every single day but just maybe not with our logo on it uh, so yeah it was definitely the opportunity to, to push our brand uh, for the UK and, and I think it, it's difficult to say obviously we, we had good success in in Germany but if you look at the amount of EVs that, that Germany have bought and, and that they've been operating a little bit longer than we have in the UK the, Germany's EV uptake is sort of two or three times larger than ours but they're obviously a larger com country uh, so in terms of uh, potential market growth if we start buying EVs at the rate of what other countries are doing it now, especially um, countries that are really on board with electric vehicles. And, and we are pretty on board, but we're still behind. We're still over 50%, you know, just petrol cars being sold every single day, basically. And uh, that that's wild still that that's still the case. We're still quite resistant, I suppose, as a country. Um, but we've obviously got financial problems we, we need to look at as well. But uh, once everybody starts getting on board uh, with electric vehicles, there is a huge market for for electric vehicle chargers and if the problem then becomes that scarcity perhaps 
there's cars coming in and charges are not being made at least to the manufacturing quantities that are, that are needed uh that can this is going to increase costs for everybody and it's going to cause headaches for everybody trying to get a home charger it's already quite difficult getting the uh, uh labor uh, to install uh charges getting qualified um people and of course there are companies working on getting more installers on board and that's very 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 critical uh, we see that for sure um but if somebody turns around to us and says oh man uh, I, we really need 20,000 of your units and we need it, you know, we need it soon. We could turn around and say, yeah, no problem. Like, whereas a lot of companies will turn around and say, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we can make even make that many this year. Uh, we've got such huge manufacturing capability over uh, our EV factory in, in Turkey that, um, you know, g- give us an order and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully try and fulfill it, basically. Yeah, the sky's the limit. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.